It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 15th, 2018. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. Today's episode of Orlando of uh, the Locked On Magic podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about some Sporting news around Orlando, some ideas that I have for the future of Orlando sports, uh, and then, of course, some general thoughts on where Orlando sports teams are after um, what I would say is another, frankly, stunning and frustrating loss for Orlando City over the weekend. But before we do that, I have a few housekeeping items I want to get to. As I'm sure all of you know, we are currently doing polling and voting on Orlando Magic Daily's Twitter account, at Daily to find the most popular player in Orlando Magic history. And I solicited fan nominations. I took those down. I've got my staff at Orlando Magic Daily. We're voting, putting our list together to figure out who the most popular player is in Magic history. And I thought to myself, you can't determine popularity if you don't turn it over to the people. So throughout the week, be sure to follow at Daily to put in your vote for the most popular player in Magic history. Voting will take place throughout the entire week. What I'm essentially doing is I've got the initial list. I'm taking four players per day because that's all that Twitter allows me to put into a poll. The winner of each poll advances to the next poll. So yesterday, Richard Lewis won. He advances to today's poll up against Victor Oladipo. uh, Marcin Gortat, I believe, is in today's poll. And a couple of and a couple of really popular Magic players, uh, JJ Redick, I believe, is also in today's poll as well. So vote in the poll. They're going to get tougher and tougher as we go on. That's going to determine our fan vote. I will note the fan vote. I've learned a lot actually. It's been really interesting watching how this develops. I thought Nikola Vucevic performed really, really well considering where he fits into Magic history. Vince Carter won several poll days. Very popular player apparently. Uh, Jeff Turner got a lot of love and a lot of mention saying, oh, Jeff Turner should have won this. I can't believe he, I can't believe more people didn't, didn't win this. Recency bias, recency bias, recency bias, which I, I admit was probably part of this. But I want to know what you think. I want to. I want your input. I want you to be a part of this list because after all, popularity is all about the fans. So be sure to vote in the poll. We'll be talking about this list probably sometime next week. I'll be putting it all together um, either next week or the week after. Um, we'll be putting things together uh, for uh, this for this poll. It's our Orlando Magic top twenty-five um, for the for the year. Uh, you, you remember we talked about players two years ago. We talked about teams last year. Um, so this will be our ranking for our offseason ranking. So we'll talk a little bit more about this list and, and the things we learned about it um, coming up in the future here on Locked On Magic. With the schedule out. The Magic have also announced when training camp begins. Media Day will be September 24th. And so I've set up I've set up my player profile schedule, and I've decided, you know, 
before we really dive into the 2019 season, I want to know what you want me to talk about. I'm going to have a fan week. I'm going to have a listener week. You get to pick the topics that I discuss on the show. So go ahead. Start submitting your ideas now. I want to know what you want me to talk about. Send them to to me at LockedOnMagic or at OMagicDaily. I'll take them all down. I'll pick my favorite topics. I'll pick a lot more than a, than a few of my favorite topics. And the week before, uh, and really the first or second week of September, we'll start diving into those topics and start discussing them as we get set for the 2019 season. It is right around the corner. You, you, you really, It's really, really close. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this as well. Check out the Locked On NBA podcast for daily NBA coverage on a national scale. Check out the Locked On Bucks, Locked On Dolphins, Locked On Jaguars, and all the great podcasts on the Locked On NFL Podcast Network. You can go to iTunes, find every Locked On podcast, just search for Locked On and the team you're searching for. I know that um, Locked On NFL is currently running a great deal with The Athletic. So if you want to read what Shams Tarani is now writing over at The Athletic, you should probably give a listen to some of the Locked On NFL podcasts. I think they'll help you out a ton. Like I said, though, today today we're going to talk a little bit about Orlando sports in general because there's been some interesting news on the Orlando sports landscape that, that I think is worth discussing and, and worth um, mentioning because I think they're pretty big deals. Um, you know, relatively big deals, obviously. As many of you know, the Orlando Magic own the Orlando Solar Bears, the, uh, the, an ECHL hockey team, essentially double-A hockey. Everyone loves the Orlando Solar Bears. It's the greatest nickname in the world. What is a solar bear? It's a polar bear with sunglasses. It's pretty, pretty freaking sweet. Um, I miss five o'clock shadow shades. No offense to new shades with the creepy eyes, but five o'clock shadow shades is still my favorite, uh, one of my favorite mascots. Um, the solar bears are just, just a fun time. If you've never been to it, I covered the solar bears for a year. I absolutely loved covering them. All great guys. Um, a pretty solid organization, I would say. Two straight trips to the Kelly Cup playoffs. Um, they're they're fun team to go to be around and and, and games are absolutely a blast. Um, I love watching Solar Bears play. I, I really should get out to more Solar Bears games if I'm being perfectly honest with myself. Uh, but the Orlando Solar Bears are kind of cast adrift this summer. They lost their affi- their affiliation deal with the Toronto Maple Leafs ran out, and it was a bit of a mystery who the Solar Bears would be affiliated with because you know while there are several players that are under contract directly with the Solar Bears in the ECHL. Most of your players are, you know, signed with an NHL team. They come from the NHL team, from their AHL teams, which is the AAA level of, of hockey in this country. Um, and so you have to fill your roster out with essentially NHL prospects or, or players affiliated with NHL teams. The Orlando Solar Bears, though, did come to an affiliate agreement earlier this week, and it is the absolute perfect partnership. And honestly, one that I know Orlando Solar Bears fans were looking were looking forward to. I'm sure the organization was looking forward to having this affiliate deal in place. And it is a big one, I think, for uh, for the Orlando Solar Bears as a franchise, and honestly, for the franchise they're partnering with. The Orlando Solar Bears announced on Monday that they have entered a three-year affiliate agreement with the Tampa Bay Lightning. In fact, what was previously already announced and already known. The Tampa Bay Lightning will be heading to the Amway Center September 16th, I believe, to take on the Florida Panthers in their preseason. The Lightning, as you know, uh, are on TV in Orlando. Actually, September 27th. I apologize. I got that date completely wrong. 
The Lightning will play the Florida Panthers at the Amway Center September 27th. I believe it is their second game in the Amway Center. They played a preseason game there as well uh, when the building first opened, but it's, it's been a while. As many of you know, probably know, the Tampa Bay Lightning are on TV in Orlando. They air on Sun Sports, um, all 82 games, but there isn't really much reach for the Lightning in Orlando, I have to say. I, I like to think that I'm a Lightning fan. I follow the team. I certainly sit down and watch playoff games, but season running concurrently with the NBA, it makes it very tough tough to, to do much more than, than watch highlights and, and, and read, story, read the articles about them. Um, but it, I, I, a Florida's not, Orlando's not a hockey market, but uh, although I think the Solar Bears do fairly well. Um, but the Lightning don't have much of a connection to Orlando. In fact, I would argue um, that a lot of the Tampa teams struggle to make that uh, connection to the Orlando area, to the Central Florida area. The Tampa Bay Buck uh, and Orlando does to Tampa as well, or the Magic do to Tampa as well, I would honestly say. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have, for a long time, tried to make um, Orlando a thing. I know that they host watch parties in the city for the Buccaneers. I know that they they do charter a bus to take fans from Orlando to Raymond James Stadium and back to try and make things easier. But, you know, even though Tampa and Orlando are really only separated by roughly 90 minutes, if traffic's really bad, it's probably about an hour and a half, um, you know, 60, 70 miles. They're two very different sports markets. They're doing two very different things. And so any opportunity, I think, for a team like the Lightning to, certainly like the Lightning, to reach into the Orlando market is a good one for them. I had uh, Zach Bethel on the, on the Locked On Magic podcast earlier this year um, when we were really talking about culture and growing a franchise. And, and, and the Tampa Bay Lightning are honestly a model franchise in all of sports. One that no one really talks much about. They don't have the championships. They got the one championship in 2004. They don't have the championships maybe to back up that notion, but consistently in ESPN's ultimate standings. They're ranked among, they're, they're certainly one of the top hockey teams, but they're ranked among the top sports franchises in the United States and Canada. And so having, A, the market makes sense. It's, there's good synergy between the markets. But having your, your team associated with the Lightning is a great thing because the Lightning culture, I mean, if the Magic as an organization running the Solar Bears even, can learn something from what the Lightning are doing, which which I would certainly advocate for, then this partnership is already a success. The Lightning as an organization, again, go back and listen to that podcast um, that Zach and I did. We talked a lot about what makes the Lightning successful. Um, why? Because they were in a very bad place for a long time too. I mean, their ownership was 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 really terrible for a while. They They went to the Stanley Cup final. They won the Stanley Cup. Um, they were competitive for a while and then really fell off the face of the earth. And then all of a sudden, they came roaring back. A new ownership came in. They brought Steve Eiserman in to be their general manager. They completely remade the roster. They drafted smart. They, they developed players really well. Uh, and not only that, um, when you look at the Lightning, I mean, the Lightning made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Um, they've been to the Stanley Cup in the last, Stanley Cup Final in the last five years. They're, they're constant. Uh, I think they've missed the playoffs once in the last five years. They've, 
been to the conference finals three times in the last five or six years. They're a model franchise. They're a very good franchise. But on top of all that, in a non-traditional hockey market like Tampa, they've made Tampa a hockey market. Their grassroots um, work to build up the sport in that area is, is frankly amazing. And so while, yes, there is a triple-A level between the Solar Bears and the Lightning, and that happens to be in Syracuse, New York, Syracuse Crunch, and that's going to make things difficult for some of the players, perhaps. It's still good, I think, for the Lightning to have a presence in Orlando through the Solar Bears and for you know the Solar Bears to have the Lightning there as a model for the franchise because like, the Solar Bears, again, are owned by the Magic. The, Magic. the DeVos family owns the Solar Bears now. Or once again. And there might be something they can learn. If you're sitting here as a Solar Bears fan, I'm, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend to know the mechanics of how the hockey call-up system works. When I covered the, the Solar Bears for a year, um, I know one of the big complaints, uh, or it seemed like one of the big complaints, was that they struggled to find a rhythm because players were being shuttled back and forth between Toronto and Orlando. Perhaps, you know, with the team in Syracuse, this means that it's going to be more difficult to shuttle those players back and forth, and, and the Solar Bears can have a stable roster that can maybe help them win some playoff games again. And, and they've been to the playoffs again for the last two years. Um, so they're they're not, you know, the Solar Bears team has figured out a way to be successful, to find success in a league that, you know, doesn't always offer a lot of stable success. So I'm a big fan of this synergy between the Lightning and the Solar Bears. I like it. I like the direction it's going. Uh, and I think that it's uh, it's definitely a a good thing for both the city of Orlando, for the Orlando Solar Bears, and I hope for the Tampa Bay Lightning as well. Because like I said, I'm a Lightning fan. I'm excited that the Lightning are going to be in Orlando September 27th. Uh, you know, if, I, if I'm off that day, I'm probably going to try and go because the Lightning are a really good team. They're, they're, this is a really fun team to watch. Um, but definitely a good thing, I think, for, again, the Lightning to try and get into this Orlando market, just like I would expect the Magic to, you know, probably next year go play a game at Amelie Arena. Try and bring Tampa fans to Orlando when they can. And certainly, if the team is better, that will certainly happen. But again, going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. A three-year affiliate agreement between the Lightning and the Solar Bears. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On top of all this, though, there was a bit of expected news, but but still, I guess, bad news. Um, Adam Silver was in Orlando for the Junior NBA Championships. Um Alex Martins was was there and spoke apparently as well. Uh, and Josh Roberts of the Orlando Sentinel, you know, the best best guy covering the Magic anywhere, um, was there and, and spoke to a few people and discovered that the NBA All-Star Game will not be coming to Orlando before the year 2024. Um, it, it, the Magic and Alex Martins have made it no secret that they are bidding to bring the All-Star Game back to Orlando. They want the All-Star Game back in Orlando after it was here in 2012. 
Um, it, 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 it's it's not a se- again. It's not a secret. It's not something they've hidden. They put bids in for the All Star game and they've gotten beat um, for it, or or they they've been passed over for it. The sense remains though that it's not a matter of if the Magic get another All Star game. It's a matter of when. Orlando obviously has the hotel space. They have the the amenities. They have the great facility in the Amway Center. It's just a matter of the timing being right and, and what the NBA wants to do. And, and you know, all indications that I've heard from people are that the NBA wants to be back in Orlando, both from the statements that David Stern made before, with the statements that Adam Silver seems to make, and as well as uh, some conversations that I've had with people about what's, what's going to happen, whether the Magic will get this all-star bid. So just because they didn't get it this time around or that uh, the NBA has, has given signals that Orlando will not be in the running for the 2023 All-Star Game, um, Remember, or, or the 2021 All-Star Game as well. Remember, um, next year it's in Charlotte, 2019 in Charlotte, 2020, I believe, is in Chicago, and 2021 in Indianapolis. Orlando, according to Josh Robbins, would not be able to host in 2022 because of a large convention that is in town that weekend, so there won't be the hotel space. Um, 2023 was the one they were really bidding on here. They didn't get it. Um, but... I think it makes sense, and, and I think it's okay that the Magic don't get the All-Star game quite yet, because right now, Orlando, for those that do not live in the city, this is probably not the episode for you. I apologize. This is, this is an Orlando-centric episode. For those that don't live in the city, and if you do live in the city, you know this, Orlando is going through some major infrastructure changes right now. Currently, the main artery that goes through Orlando, through Osceola, Orange, Seminole, Volusia, um, the main artery through Orlando is under heavy construction right now. The I-4 Ultimate project is going on right now. It's expected to continue through 2021. Uh, and I apologize, I got the years wrong. Indianapolis in 2020, Chicago in 2021 for the All-Star Games. Um, I-4 Ultimate's expected to continue construction through 2021. It wouldn't surprise me if it takes a little bit longer, but this is a massive infrastructure plan. It's a massive expansion of the main highway through Orlando. And obviously, obviously, it's snarled up traffic. Traffic is a bit of a nightmare in the city. You, you avoid I-4 when you can right now. In fact, Huey Avenue, which is the road that runs directly in front of the Amway Center, um, parallel to I-4, is closed right now. It was closed all season last year and it's still closed today. Probably going to be closed for a good chunk of the 2019 season as well. Is closed for construction on I-4. And so right now, getting around Orlando, and honestly, um, twenty the 2012 All-Star Game, which I did cover, um, when I was talking to other members of the media, Biggest complaint that I heard was just that everything was so spread out. That, you know, you took a bus from the media center, media hotel to the convention center for the NBA Jam session where the practices were and where media day was held. And, and then you would take another bus to the Amway Center downtown. Um, I, would, I decided to park at the media hotel, both to be around other media members and, and because that's where a lot of the events were, um, but also to avoid downtown traffic because I thought it would be a disaster during the All-Star, during All-Star weekend. Um, and so I did those bus drives too. And it was a long, long night. Those were long, long evenings. And it was tough to, it was, it was, it, I agree. It was tough. And I don't know if you solve that problem in Orlando because the convention center 
is where those events have to be. Um, it's tough to get around, no doubt about it. Public transportation is a disaster in the, in the city. Um, Sunrail's trying to fix it, but it's, it's, it's not there yet. Uh, and so having the main artery closed um, is tough. It's tough to get around. And so, yeah, I think it's probably a good thing to wait. On top of all this, of course, Orlando is also, or the Orlando Magic are also heavily invested in property across the street from the Amway Center, which is yet to begin construction. The entertainment complex, which will feature restaurants, bars, clubs, some convention space, hotel, a lot of different things. It would be tough to host an all-star game with that not complete. And so I get the sense, and and this is me being logical perhaps, which sometimes I lack, um, I get the sense that the NBA is waiting for this center to get complete before they do anything, before they bring the All-Star game here. I'm not saying that it's contingent, that getting an All-Star game is contingent on building the event center. But certainly, I think that it boosts, it, it certainly boosts the bid that the Magic will put in. Again, I would continue to argue and I will continue to say, and, and I've, I've received almost essentially word of this, that the NBA All-Star Game coming to Orlando is not a matter of if, but when. It will be back on Orlando, probably certainly before that mythical 2030 year, but it will be back on Orlando probably sometime in the 2020s, in the late 2020s. And so get yourself ready now because knowing how much this city has grown, it's going to look a lot different then and be much more ready to host that event than it was in 2012 and certainly when it was in 1992. Be, be a lot more ready to host and will be a bit much bigger, better party than it was even in 2012. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And, you know, talking about the All-Star Game, being able to sit here and say it's not a matter of if the All-Star Game returns to Orlando, but when. And talking about all these infrastructure projects that are getting built. And I, for Ultimate, certainly an infrastructure project. I'm grouping the entertainment complex as an infrastructure project, although it is a purely Orlando Magic-driven venture and development. But talking about all these events is really showing how much Orlando has grown. And, you know, I, I talk a lot about this. It's, it's my hometown. It's a city I love. It's, 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 it's a city that I follow intently. Orlando has become a sports destination. The... NBA All-Star Game might have to wait a little while to come back to Orlando. But next summer, the MLS All-Star Game will be in Orlando at Orlando City Stadium. 
Alabama will play Louisville in uh, in the Camping World kickoff game this September, this Labor Day. Next year, it's going to be Florida versus Miami. You got the Camping World Bowl. You've got uh, the Citrus Bowl. You got the Cure Bowl, of course. There's the old there's the uh, uh, Dis- the Disney College Basketball Tournament that takes place over Thanksgiving weekend at Disney. I believe it's the Old Spice Invitational. I don't know who the sponsor is anymore. I'm sorry. There's going to be a bas- new college basketball tournament taking place in Kissimmee as well in Osceola County. WrestleMania was here two years ago. And knowing that the WWE has kind of put a flag down in Orlando as really their second home base, WrestleMania is going to be back again. Orlando's going to get WrestleMania a third time. And, and everything that I've heard... Uh, about it was was they loved having it here. Fans were great. The city was great. Venue was good. It was good. So Orlando, as as Mayor Buddy Dyer has put it, is not only a great tourist destination because we have the infrastructure to handle massive amounts of tourists every year and massive conventions every year. It's not just a tourist des- destination. Part of Buddy Dyer's promotional campaign for Orlando is we want to be the number one sports destination as well. And Orlando has quickly become that. It's quickly become a major sports destination. Fans come here for major events. Major events want to come to Orlando. They'll get another NCAA tournament. I would love to see Orlando put a bid down for the women's Final Four. Why not? The NCAA Women's Final Four. The College Cup took place, the Women's College Cup took place at Orlando City Stadium. The Pro Bowl takes place here every year now. This will be the third year in a row coming up this year. And I believe it's going to be a fourth year in a row as well in 2020. Orlando is a place people want to be and events want to be held. But the one thing that's missing from the sports portfolio for Orlando, and this is all due respect to the Solar Bears, to the Pride, to UCF, the national champions, the football national champions, the one thing that's missing from the sports portfolio here in Orlando it's the local teams doing well. Tourists and, and events are great. Uh, you know, I, 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 I think you can get into debates, very legitimate, very fair debates about the public funding of stadiums. And I'm not going to have that debate wholly here. And you're right to question those. And, 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 and it, 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 yeah, frankly, it is a little bit of a scam. But... For a city trying to get a quality of life for its citizens, for you know, to create create things for people who live in the city to do, to attract new people to come to their to the city. The Amway Center, the Performing Arts Center, and and the Citrus Bowl have been a runaway success. Orlando City Stadium getting built purely by private financing it has been a runaway success, I think. And so Orlando is honestly. Orlando is a better place to live today 
because of all these events coming through town. But Orlando to me is also a city with a chip on its shoulder. It's a city trying to find its identity. We are a tourist town. We know this. People come here to go to Disney. People come here for conventions. And right now, the character of our sports culture as well is people come here for events. And so I think Orlando as a city is trying to find something that is its own. When the Magic first got here, and I, this is this has been, I think this has honestly been true for since Disney really came and made things back. At least, at least it's been true my entire lifetime. When the Magic were, were founded and started in 1989, from everything that I've read and seen from those original years, it was this feeling of this is ours. We are a big-time city now. We have a major sports franchise. And when you went to games, and I mean, I was four, I was five years old when the Magic first made the playoffs. I was six years old when the Magic made the finals. You could just feel the energy and the buzz about those teams that, that yes, we mattered. Our little town, Orlando, mattered. And there was just absolute love for those teams. Still is today. That, this was ours. This was wholly and truly ours. And, and yeah, I think some of those intervening years with Shaq and, and, and with Shaq leaving and, and Penny going the way he went and, and the T-Mac years, it jaded a few people that, that you know, maybe we weren't really ready for this. And then the Magic almost left. You, you fast forward to 2009, that, that ownership was there again, that, that everyone had something they could be proud of and call their own, that this was Orlando. And that's why I continue to say that when the magic is good again, the fans will be here. You flash forward to Orlando City and their emergence. Again, once again, it felt like, especially with MLS, and I think this is, this is something that's different from the magic. Whereas a lot of people who moved to Orlando and, and were part of Orlando's major growth in the early and late and the mid 2000s, the re- things felt very different with the 2009 team, I think. Mainly because maybe I'd been through the, the lean years. I was like, where was everyone during the T-Mac years? But there was still the sense that, oh, I, I cheer for this team because that's where I came from, my family came from, but my hometown team's doing good too. I'll cheer for them as well. One of the reasons I think Orlando City has been so successful is, is A, they won very early on. And soccer fans are very passionate. They're, very, they're, they're young. They're millennials. Uh, and that's where a lot of Orlando's population growth has come. But I think one of the other reasons Orlando City has been such a runaway success is probably very few families had MLS teams. And so here comes Orlando City into this market. And it was, again, wholly ours. It was something that was of Orlando that everyone could get behind. And I think, again, the way MLS is, is, is structured with one game a week certainly helps you know, create an event atmosphere in a way that the Magic will never be able to create an event atmosphere because there's just too many games. And, and so, like I said, Orlando very much wants 
to get behind something that is their own. Because this is a city that is defined by something else. And right now, the sports culture in Orlando is very much, or at least professional sports culture, because UCF is its own thing. The professional sports culture in this city right now is very much other things come here. And we're happy to have them. We love having them. It makes our life better. But it's not ours. And what's missing right now with the Magic struggling the way they've struggled the last six years, with Orlando City struggling since moving to MLS in, four, the, in the last four years, especially this season, when they had such high hopes, they seemed like they were ready to turn the corner. They had the great start, and then they just... I mean, I don't know if you saw what happened Sunday against DC United, but that was about as much of a gut punch as you can have. The way Wayne Rooney uh, stopped that goal uh, and then assisted on the game-winning goal in stoppage time. Incredible soccer play. But Orlando is missing, I think, right now, the team that it can truly call its own and celebrate its success with. Because this is a great, vibrant, dynamic city. In, in a world where I think some people still have that little bit of inferiority complex to say, Orlando can't have it all. Orlando can have it all. They can have a soccer team. They can have the NBA. They can have the NWSL and the Pride are playing, are struggling a little bit right now, but in playoff position for the second straight year. And honestly, rightfully, complaining a little bit about attendance, at least they did earlier in the year, even though they're third in the NWSL in attendance. It's just, city that could welcome another minor league team. Solar Bears do well. This is, a, this is a city that can have it all. But right now, they need their sports teams to represent them. And they represent them well, but represent them on the court. Give them something to cheer about. Give them something to beat their chests about. Because this city deserves to beat its chest about something that it owns, that is theirs, that will be here for them. And we all want to see that happen. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at Locked on Magic. As well, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. You can also find us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including, finally, where I place the Orlando Magic on the pantheon of the all-time Magic team list, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. I'm sure I'll be discussing that post in a future episode of Locked on Magic, but you can go ahead and read my thoughts on where I rank the Orlando, where I rank the 2018 Orlando Magic in Magic history on orlandomagicdaily.com right now. And of course, continue to vote in our poll to find the most popular player in Orlando Magic history. We're getting to the nitty-gritty. We're getting to the meat of the list now. So be sure to vote online at O Magic Daily. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. 
I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.